The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Skulls here and alongside Lior Sanfiru, employment lawyer, of course. Sanfiru to Market LLP to reach out any time. We're not doing this show. You can uh, you can do so. Encouraged to do so, as a matter of fact. one 821 5900 It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website built just for you to learn lots is called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You'll have access to the severance calculator there as well. Millions of Canadians, and I mean that, that is not hyperbole. Millions of Canadians have used it and uh, explored and realized what a real severance offer should be, not the one you've just been handed, but to always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca first to get your bearings for sure. Uh, We're going biblical on the Employment Law Show tonight. The Ten Commandments of Termination are coming up here in just a bit, but we always start off with the case of the day, pal. What do you got? Hey, Johnny. Yes, uh, the biblical show today. Uh, <laughs> important things. My my Bible of, of termination, things that people need to know. And on this show, of course, we always talk about termination of employment because the law provides quite of, uh, quite substantial rights for you if you lost your job, if your boss wants to let you go, if you were forced to quit. And you can call us right now and ask questions if any of that applies to you or if you're having an issue with your boss when... Maybe they've done something and you're, you're kind of on the fence. Is it right? Is it not? Do I have some rights? Do I not have any rights? Well, why guess? Why make the wrong uh, decision? Just call us right now and I'll tell you whatever it has to do. If it touches on your job, your boss, your workplace, your employment law rights, this is the show, the Employment Law Show, and we're here to talk to you and to make sure that when you hang up the phone and when you go to bed tonight, you're feeling better about your situation. So give us a call. Don't be bashful. I promise you there's answers. There's solutions. And I'll start with an example, case of the day. This is a person actually that I spoke with for the first time a couple of weeks ago, but called me today for an update. So what happened with this person, he's been working for the same employer for some 18 years, Mm -hmm. uh, has worked consistent shifts, Monday to Friday, kind of regular business hours. Well, a few weeks ago, his employer announced that uh, he's going to, and his colleagues too, not just him, are going to have to now work every other Saturday. So regular Monday to Friday, but every other Saturday as well. He didn't want to. He also had some family commitments on Saturday, so he was very much against it. And his employer told him, no, you have to. It's a reasonable request is what the employer said. So he called me a couple of weeks ago to understand his rights. Well, here's what I told him. What I told him is that, no, his employer does not have the ability to implement such a change. It is a big change having to work every other Saturday when that's not been the term of your employment. So the employer does not have a right to do that. That means that if he is, uh, if he does tell him no, and the company wants to let him go because of that refusal, they can't discipline him, they can't terminate him for cause, they would have to pay him full severance, which for him would be probably about 20 months pay. So I told him, ultimately, if you say no, they'll either back off and leave you be, or they'll let you go, but they'll have to pay you 20 months pay because they can't demand this of you. So I left it to him. Well, he called me uh, earlier today for an update, and he said he did exactly what I told him. He went to his employer and said, employer, this is a big change. I am not okay with this. Not going to do it. Well, guess what? That employer 
backed off completely. Wow. They probably spoke to their lawyer, realized, holy cow, we're going to have to pay this guy a bunch of severance. So, yeah, let's just leave him alone. So they left him alone. He's happy as, as can be. He's still working his Monday to Friday shift. No one's doing anything to him. Uh, and, and he just wanted to call, call me with the good news. So uh, I'm happy for him, but there's also an important lesson there that you actually have the ability to stand up for your rights. Your employer cannot just change the terms of your employment willy-nilly. They can't just add shifts, reduce shifts, demote you, uh, you know, change your hours. Uh, they can't change your work location. They can't do those things. And, and if they do, there are consequences. To understand your rights, always happy to talk to you. But remember, it's not a situation where the employer, John, just gets to do whatever it wants. It's interesting. It's an interesting uh, story, too, because sometimes you get people saying, ah, you know, it's it's one Saturday. Maybe it won't be that bad. You know, I haven't done it before, but I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be the, the bad apple. So they might go along with it, not realizing that change could lead to other changes that could be worse, right? So, yeah, and I'll, I'll play the scenario out with this story that I just told you. So let's say he says, okay, fine, I'm not happy, but I'll do it. I'll work every other Saturday. It's just once every two weeks, not so bad. So he does that. Now, because he accepted that change, now his employer can make more changes. So if his employer says, from now on, I'm going to have you work every Saturday, well, at that point, he won't be able to do much about it because he let it happen the first time. Or maybe his employer says, well, now I'm also going to change it so that you work evenings instead. Potentially can't do anything about that because he opened that door. So your rights are there. They're powerful. But if you don't stand up for your rights, you give them up. And that's something you really don't want to do. We'll pop into a quick break here and come back with emails if we have time. But we're going to get into the commandments of termination of employment. These are also just as important as our opening sample there. So make sure you stick around for that. Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Commandments of termination of employment. Number one, thou shall not get uh, shall not get legal advice from just anyone. Steve, your neighbor, all that stuff. Not even Steve. This is <laughs> the key here. Not, I know we think Steve knows a lot. Steve's a good guy. I like Steve. But no, not even from Steve. And, and in all seriousness, when yeah. it comes to employment law, when it comes to something as important as your rights, your legal rights. You can't just take advice from anyone. You can't just talk to your cousin who once worked at HR or go on Google and find uh, something there or go on TikTok and watch a video of someone. Can't do that. You have to get your advice from reputable sources. There's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to, to legal rights and not every situation is identical. So I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of people give up their rights, make huge mistakes because they got the wrong advice. Sometimes that advice may be from the government. The government can't advise you really about your rights. They're not in the business of advising you on your rights or on Google or from their cousin. So please, the biggest way you can lose your rights, use your severance package, sign off on something you shouldn't, is by getting the wrong advice or getting advice from the wrong source. If you don't like me, if you don't like the sound of my voice, that's fine. Speak with another employment lawyer. That's absolutely okay. But please do the right thing. Hope you want to talk to me, but otherwise speak with another employment lawyer. The biggest 
to me, the biggest commandment is this. If you do this, you'll never go wrong. You will never walk away from your rights. Get advice from the right source. Number two, thou shalt understand what happens if you accept a temporary layoff. So we know already that a temporary layoff is not something your employer is allowed to do. By putting you on a temporary layoff, it gives you the right to treat that as a termination of employment. But you have to understand what happens if you accept it. If you don't treat it as a termination, if you just sit at home and wait to be called back, by accepting that layoff, you've given the employer the right to do it again and again. And that's a terrible situation. That means now that any time your employer wants, they can put you on a layoff for months and months and months, uh, anytime they want. Why should they be able to do something so bad? Well, because you accepted it that first time. So you have to understand that it's not just about not getting paid for uh, a few months or you know not working. It's the fact that it can happen again and again all the time. So please remember, if you're put on a temporary layoff, you need to seriously consider is this now the time to just leave this job, walk away, get your full severance, of course, and move away to another job where that's not going to happen. You have to keep that in mind. The commandments of termination of employment, number three, thou shall not be silent in the face of negative reviews or discipline. So oftentimes when an employer gives you negative reviews or disciplines you, it's because the employer is building a case. And they're building a case to try to let you go for cause, to terminate your employment for cause. In other words, to say that we've built a case, we've been able to show that this employee's behavior or conduct was very bad, now we don't have to pay them severance. That's often what an employer is doing. So your silence in the face of those negative reviews is the same as you accepting them. It's exactly the same as you saying, yeah, I'm okay with it. You were right, employer, and everything you said is correct. So the problem with that is now you've helped the employer build the case, and they may be in the position to try to let you go for cause. So what do you do instead? Instead of just uh, silence, is you're not silent. You respond. Yeah. You tell your employer in writing why you disagree with it. Uh, employer, you said that I've done these things, but I actually didn't. Here's what I did do. Or... Employer, here are the facts that you didn't consider. Here's some additional information you need to have. Put that in writing. That's it's so important. By doing that, you're going to make it very, very difficult for the company to build a case against you, to try to let you go for cause. You're going to preserve your rights. So definitely one of my commandments when it comes to termination of employment is don't help the company build a case against you by ignoring negative performance reviews. And if you put it in writing and you get no response from the employer, then what? Absolutely fine. You don't need a response from your employer. Remember, their silence is just as bad for them. All you need is to send an email, a text message uh, with your response. They don't need to respond. Even if they do respond, that's fine. It's you putting it in writing. That's that's really all that matters. I want to get uh, Gus on the line. Hey, Gus, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, so I just finished explaining that I work for uh, a pharmaceutical company, their uh, supply chain, actually. They actually were appointed by the federal government to handle the the Pfizer and the Moderna. Okay. So throughout the pandemic, everybody's been going to work as usual, uh, uh, most of the in internal warehouse the staff. And uh, for all our efforts and all, you know, all the hard uh, time that we had to go through, they... Uh, in good faith, they decided to pull us all aside and offer us a 10% increase in our salaries. And that this would probably take place in April. Well, we're now near the end of April, and we had 
been pulled aside today for another meeting, and uh, they just basically told us all that that was said in January is off the table. Hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, and they said there's no guarantees that it, it they'll change their mind in three months or six months or nine months or a year from now. They have no idea if it's even going to happen. So I'd like yeah. to know where we where we stand on that as a group. Uh, so here's where you stand. The reality is that that promise that they've made you has contractual weight. What I mean by that is they promised you to say, hey, listen, if you stay with us, if you're here in April and continue working with us, we'll give you a pay raise. So you and your colleagues said, okay, we're going to stay. We're going to continue working hard because you made us this promise. So, uh, you know, we're, we're company guys, so we'll stay. Uh, so you are able to enforce that, that promise. The reality is that if they refuse, you can take legal action against them to enforce it and you will succeed. It's a question of are you willing to do that? Now, there's another way to do this. Oftentimes a letter from me saying you gotta pay up as you promised or else may be enough. But if mm -hmm. they, if they don't, uh, pay it, then your only recourse is to take legal action and you have to decide whether you want to take legal action against the company that you work for. But you mm -hmm. can, and if you do, you will be successful because, yeah, the, if they've made that promise, you can prove that the promise was made, you can enforce that promise. I just want to add another detail. Uh, uh, one of the details was that our, our uh, I guess our CEO on the Canadian side said that uh, this was the excuse given today, was that uh, first they okayed it, and then, then today they came back and said the, the reason for not okaying it now is that our CEO reached out to the American part of the, uh, the company because we're sort of like a, a, a joint uh, uh, venture here with the Mary Source Bergen, which is American, uh, and the Canadian side here, and they, they didn't okay it. So I don't understand why they would implement it before it's been okayed. That right. To me, to, to me, Gus, that sounds like a them problem. You know what I mean? It's, yes. it's their mistake and, and they're, uh, dropping the ball. The reality is if they made you that promise, maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe they spoke too soon. But again, that's a them problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and you can enforce that promise. It's a question of do you want to do that? Cause you're still working there and you're still going to work every day. Mm -hmm. If you want to enforce that promise, you and your colleagues, Please reach out to me off air. I'm happy to help you do that. It, it's not even going to be difficult. It's a question of are you are you interested in doing it? Absolutely. Well, there you go. You know the number to call, Gus. I'm going to give it to you again, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Interesting call, too. It's uh, you know it's it, it's a good warning to, to employers before you start making all grandiose prom, uh, promises. Make sure you can back them up financially as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it's one thing for them to send a, a note to the employer saying, listen, we're going to try to see if we can get you a raise effective April. We'll let you know how that goes. That's fine. Uh, but to say, hey, good news, uh, we've decided we're giving you a raise in April, and then April comes, no, no, it wasn't approved. Can't do that, okay? There, there's repercussions to making that promise, the employees accepting it, relying on it. You can't mm -hmm. just decide, oh, uh, we're not going to go ahead with it. It, it. It's a silly move. Someone obviously dropped the ball there. But that's the employer's problem, not the employee's problem. Commandments of termination, number four, huge one here. It says, uh, thou shall not sign that severance package. No kidding. Yeah, thou shall not sign it. That is the big one. Every, well, I'm going to say almost every, over 90% of severance packages are inadequate. They provide for less than what the employee is owed. 
A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people get misinformation or they believe their employer that tells them that the package is good and they sign off on it. And every week I speak with people that want my help after they sign that severance package. And I have to tell them, yeah, you were owed another nine months severance, but I can't help you because you've signed off on it. So you never, ever, ever sign off on that severance package without getting legal advice, without using our severance calculator. Of course, you can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You never sign up. Uh, chances are, even without knowing your specific situation, I can tell you that chances are whatever it is you've been offered is not what you're owed. It's probably half of what you're owed. So do the right thing, do the smart thing, never sign off on that severance offer, even if it has a deadline. Number five is this, thou shalt always keep copies of all relevant documents. It's a good rule for relevant, life right there. Yes, always a good idea. By the way, you're right, not just when it comes to termination or employment, like keep important documents. But what I'm talking about is those negative reviews or positive reviews. Mm -hmm. If someone sent you an email with something important, your employment agreement, uh, if you send an email complaining about harassment, keep copies. All of that are things you're going to need if you're going to get into a dispute with your employer, you, you never want to have a he said, she said, because you didn't keep copies of the documents. A very good way to preserve your rights is to keep copies of important documents. We're talking the commandments of uh, termination of employment. There's 10 of these. We're up to number six, says thou shall keep records of important events as well. Absolutely. So maybe you were mistreated. You want to keep a record of when that happened, what happened, who was involved. Write that down. Uh, just like with Gus, if you were given a promise for a pay raise, well, when when was that promise made? Who made that promise? Uh, mm -hmm. What was specifically said? Write it down somewhere. Send someone an email confirming what happened. Again, we want to try to avoid he said, she said situations. So important events, things that uh, impact your job, your compensation, your rights in the workplace, keep track of them, keep records of them, have it all in writing. Good way to preserve your rights. Number seven is it's always one that gets people uh, scratching their heads if they haven't uh, listened to the show too much in the past, and that is thou shall think about termination when accepting the new job. What? So yeah, exactly. You might think, well, I just accepted a new job. <laughs> we you know, it's like it's like getting married, right? You don't want to think about the divorce when you're getting married, of course. <laughs> right. uh, but but the reality is that that is the reason why you need to think about termination at the time you accept a job. It's because that's when your employer is thinking about it. And what I mean by that is when you're starting a new job, you're often going to be asked to sign an employment agreement. Well, guess what? Oftentimes, that employment agreement is going to contain a termination clause. That's a term that tries to limit your future severance. And by signing that, at some point, if the company lets you go, that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So you have to pay attention to that. You gotta make sure that you're not giving up your rights. So you think about that. You look for it. Am I agreeing to something that's gonna cost me money, that's gonna limit my rights, limit my termination entitlements? Think about that then. Now, if your employer is not asking you to sign an employment agreement at all, you're just a handshake, come on board, great. That's perfect news. You don't need to think about termination, you're good. But if your employer is handing you a 10-page employment agreement, I can almost guarantee you that it has a termination clause. It is possible to get rid of those, to negotiate those out. Happy to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. Happy to review that with you. Give me a call if that happens. But think about termination when accepting a job. We're getting into a commandment number eight. We'll see if we get through all 10. Number eight is thou shall not stress out over severance deadlines. 
I mentioned earlier that don't sign a severance letter even if it has a deadline. That mm-hmm. deadline is a pressure tactic. It's as simple as that. The employer puts a deadline Friday, Tuesday, whatever the deadline, because they want you to feel a sense of urgency. Your employer wants you to feel that if you don't sign, you're going to lose something. And it's a very effective pressure tactic. Probably out of seven out of 10 or eight out of 10 people will sign it because of that deadline, even though they may be giving up their rights, even though it's a terrible, terrible offer. So don't worry about that deadline. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter. It's meaningless. Your rights don't expire on Friday or Tuesday or whatever the date is. You have to make sure that you get what you're owed, whether it's signing a month later or six months later does not matter. Your, your legal rights don't expire for two years, so please do not fall for that pressure tactic. Getting to the end here, number nine, now shall not give the company reasons to let you go for cause. So this is kind of a basic one, right? Yeah. You know, Termination for cause is the death penalty of the employment relationship. It's reserved for the worst offenders. You can only be let go for cause if you did something very, very bad. Well, don't do it, right? That's one of my commandments. Don't, don't give your employer a reason to terminate you for cause. Don't, uh, you know, lie, cheat, and steal. Don't do anything that bad. Now, none of us are perfect, so mistakes are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes at work. Sometimes you may have a bad day, and that's fine. That does not mean you can be let go for cause. It's very difficult to terminate employment for cause. But when it comes to serious misconduct, no. Think twice before you act. Don't give the company a reason to let you go. And if you are let go for cause, we should really talk about it because, as I said, it is very difficult for the employer to terminate for cause. Number 10 is kind of a basic one. This is where it all wraps up, and that is thou shall use the severance calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca or call Lior, of course. So listen, before I created the severance calculator, if you wanted to know how much you're owed, if you lost your job or were worried about losing your job, you'd have to call, make an appointment, uh, you know, have a discussion. And some people said, you know, I don't want to go through that. I don't feel like calling. I'm, you know, maybe kind of intimidated by calling a lawyer. So a lot of people would decide just, let's just accept the offer. I don't want to do this whole lawyer thing. I get it. I understand that. That's why we created the severance calculator. Of course, you can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It allows you to find out now on your own privately how much you are owed. It's free. It's anonymous. So there's no excuse anymore for anyone to ever accept inadequate severance. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, answer three questions, and find out what you are owed before you sign it. Take advantage of that free tool. It works great. Those are the commandments for tonight. There's many more, and we'll uh, discuss more of them as the weeks and months continue. But now that we're done for today, we're back in tomorrow anyway, so if you want to continue the conversation, you can do so. And here is how you get a hold of Lior. That is uh, commandment number 11. Always make that call, right? So here it is, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And then finally, that website, one more time, with access to the severance calculator. It's a beauty. It's absolutely free. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.